Hey, we're glad that you're here with us on Sunday mornings. We're on a series of lessons called The Kingdom of God. Uh, and it's such a vast topic, and if you've been in church at all, uh, you, you'll recognize, and if you haven't been in church, maybe you kind of cl- you know, clue in a little bit with us uh, about the thought that Jesus said about 31 parables, individual parables, meaning they weren't uh, replicated in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. John doesn't record any parable that Jesus said. Parables were just teachings that Jesus would tell to his followers, uh, just using natural examples. He'd talk about wheat, he'd talk about pearls, he'd talk about the field, and he'd bring a spiritual application to it. And we found that there's about 31 of them in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And uh, we found the first teaching we had was that Jesus said, this is really the first and the most important parable. Uh, and, and he talked about the parable of the sower sows the word. And Jesus was saying, if you don't understand this parable, he actually said it in Mark chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 13. If you don't get this parable, no other parable makes sense. And he talked to us about the power of the word of God. The word of God has built into it all the power you need to affect and to change and to help and to heal and to bless and to save whatever it is in any area of your life. The word of God is the utmost thing you need in your life. Can I get an amen up in here? You need air to breathe. Come on, you need air to live, but you need the word of God to live spiritually spiritually. And so we, we just want to encourage you just to, to spend some time reading the Bible every day. Read a couple verses if it's new to you. Get, get, go to a version on your app and download that and just start reading a scripture a day. If this is brand new to you, we want to help you in your journey. If you've been with it you know, for a while, like me, been at it you know, for almost 40 years, if you will, uh, I, I do a little bit more. Of course, my, my makeup and who I am as, you know, as a pastor, I, I'm required to study so I can give you something. But I just don't study the Word of God to give you something. I've got to study the Word of God for myself. Come on. So the same needs to be uh, for you as well. Uh, Then we found out what Jesus talked about there, about the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like, about 31 different times. And we found out in the New Testament, that's from the book of Acts, and you keep going, where there are men that were called by God, that wrote things anointed by God, that is in our Holy uh, Bible, in our scriptures. And one of those guys was the Apostle Paul. And he wrote in Romans chapter 14, and he told us some things about what the kingdom of God is like. And I want you to look on the screen there, look at this verse, what it tells us about this. In Romans chapter 14, verse 17, he says this, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if there's anything that the Apostle Paul could have said about what the Holy Spirit, or excuse me, what the kingdom of God was like, He didn't say the kingdom of God is full of fire and brimstone and God's out to get you and smash you and crush you if you do anything wrong. He kind of said some stuff on the contrary. He said the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, alluding to Old Testament thought and Old Testament ritual cleansings and all that stuff. It's not about that, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, the kingdom of God is peace, and the kingdom of God is joy in the Holy Spirit. Last couple weeks we talked about righteousness, last week we talked about peace, and today, come on, we're going to talk about joy. So just look at your neighbor, get your teeth shining, and just said joy. Come on, look at me, joy, right, joy. We said this, is that the kingdom of God is how God thinks and how God acts. 
how God thinks and how God acts. We could also say the kingdom of God really has a culture. You know, every, every nation, every group, every people group has a culture. Customs, what they do, what they say, how they act, how they react, how they eat, what they do, where they go. Just almost every culture, individual culture, has its own language. And so really God's got his own language and the language is, is the Bible. But we read scriptures and if this is new to you or maybe you've heard this scripture before, we read stuff like in the book of Psalms where where David says this about God. He says, God in your presence is fullness of joy. Anybody remember that scripture? In your presence is fullness of joy. So that would tell us that if God's presence is fullness of joy, I would say in your realm and in the presence that you carry, you should be full of joy as well. So if God's in you, there's got to be something coming out of you. And if in his presence is fullness of joy, then everywhere you go on Monday morning, you ought to be just a joy factory. Come on, everybody. Ought to be something in you coming out of you. Come on, not negativism, not pessimism, not down, not dark. And we'll talk to you about it a little bit concerning what the difference might be that some of you might be thinking, well, you just don't quite know my deal. And so we'll talk to you some stuff. We're going to give you four points, give you some scripture. We're going to be here for a little bit this morning, and we're going to get you with a shot of joy before you leave. Come on, somebody. Come on, is that all right, everybody? I wake up happy. I wake up loud. I wake up ready. Come on. I don't necessarily wake up mean and just, I wake up with a smile. I'm ready to talk to everybody in the morning. Now, as the day goes on, I'm shutting down. But when I get up, man, today's going to be an amazing day. It's going to be a great day. Come on. I got me a new jean jacket on. God is, Jesus is Lord. Come on, son. Uh, (laughs) C.S. Lewis is a Christian author, and he said this. He said, joy is the serious business of heaven. Think about that. Joy is the serious business of heaven. You think serious business, God's got God's to run the universe. He's got to get people saved. He's got to get people on his team. He's got to mess up the bad guys. Not really, but you know, he's trying to, he's trying to work. And, and you, you would not think that joy would be that thing that he said. But joy is the serious business of heaven. So again, in the presence of God, they've got, we, we got angels in heaven that are freaking you out if you and I saw them right now. And all they're doing is going around the throne of God saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And in that presence, in that presence, there's an ingredient that's called joy. That's why we just believe around here at church that when you come to church, you ought to leave better than when you came. Come on. So if you leave, go, man, church really was awful today. It was terrible. Then we just struck out. But when you leave going, whoo, I feel like, come on, I'm, I'm getting ready to put some new shoes on today. I feel happy today. I feel joyful today. I got a more peace today. God's talking to me today. Then, we, then we've done what we want to do and allowing you to see that God is really for you, that your outlook can change, and that things can happen in your life that maybe haven't happened up until now, all because of Jesus Christ. Anybody in the room glad for Jesus today? Come on, come on. Anybody glad for Jesus today? Look on the screen. Let me give you a couple scriptures this morning already. Acts chapter 13, verse 52, in the Amplified Translation, it says this about this early church. It says the disciples were continually filled, notice this, continually filled throughout their souls with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Wow. These disciples, this early church, they were continually, continuously being filled throughout, it says, their souls with joy and the Holy Spirit. I think it's kind of interesting that here in the Bible, it actually connects joy and the Holy Spirit, that they're connected. Uh, Somebody said this, you can't get a sad Holy Spirit. If you've got the Holy Spirit, you can't get just an uptight Holy Spirit. 
He's full of joy. Come on, everybody. So maybe you don't think of God that, you know, maybe, you know, like my grandfather, we were the grandkids. We were the, I was one of three grandsons that lived away from the grandparent. My grandfather and grandmother had seven other grandchildren that lived right within a stone's throw of their house. And so they always hung out with them. And then we were the grandkids that lived a little far away. and had to take a trip to go see grandparents. But every time we went to go see my, grand, my, my grandparents, I, my, my grandfather was a practical jokester. You never knew what he was going to do. And so he would hide behind the door and I'd walk in the door and he'd just come out and grab me, grab my arm, just try, you know, just try to scare me. And he, he, he was just full of joy all the time. Come on, that's kind of freaky joy. I know you're kind of going, whoa. But he was just full of joy, always wanted to be around the grandkids, always loving, always trying to do stuff for him, just exuding joy everywhere he went. I want to be that kind of person. And I found out that I can and you can be that kind of person. Doesn't make a difference what's going on in your life. Come on, not whatever's, whatever's going on in your life, it does not matter. Such as when we got married in 1984, 35 years ago, Kimberly and I, my grandfather was my best man, and he was going through uh, cancer treatment. He was going through chemo. He, he actually died. We got married in May. He died in September that year, but flew from Connecticut to Oklahoma to be my best man in my wedding. And he was in so much pain internally. He had colon cancer and stomach cancer, but you wouldn't know it being when he was in our presence because he knew this whole day and this whole week and this whole thing is about you and I'm going to celebrate you and I'm going to be full of joy. And so he just sucked it up and was somebody else in our presence. Come on, everybody. How many know you can be that way? Not putting on fake, you know, not, not being fake, but just letting God work in you to celebrate what's going on in somebody else's life. It says here that they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So look real quick. Happiness and joy just cannot be the same. Happiness is about you. Joy is about who lives in you. Happiness is about what happens to you. You got a new jean jacket. You're pretty happy today. <laughs> You're going you're gonna to go out to, to, to dinner, you know, some of you guys. You're going to be happy today. But, but it's not about what happens to you. Joy is about who lives inside you. Happiness is about natural things. Joy is about spiritual things. Happiness is fickle. It comes and goes. But joy is permanent. It's in you. It's permanent. It stays in you. And we'll talk about that from the Scripture for a little bit this morning. Uh, we find out from the Bible that joy... Number one is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Come on, would you say that with me? Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. The minute you give your life to Jesus Christ, he puts something inside every single person. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl makes no difference who you are, where you've been. He puts something in you. He puts his spirit in you. And when his spirit, his Holy Spirit comes in you, his Holy Spirit brings stuff with him. One of the things, the many things that he brings is the fruit of the spirit. It abides in you. It remains in you. It's constant in you. It doesn't come and go regardless of what's coming against you. It is in you. The fruit of the Spirit is in every believer. Joy, we're going to find, is one of those fruit. Here's what it says in Galatians 5, and 23. Come on, let's read this out loud, everybody. Come on, one, two, three, read. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Come on, there it is, joy. Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Listen, if you don't hear anything else today, why don't you just get your phone out and take a snapshot of that, Galatians 5, and 23, and all week long... Just meditate and think about that. Inside me, oh God, 
is the fruit of the Spirit. And I am a person that's going to be full of love today. Not because I always feel like it, but because you're living on the inside of me. I've got a right to be a person of joy today. When I go working tomorrow with that crazy boss, that crazy Highway 15 traffic, no matter what's going on, what's happened to me today, whether I got to go out to eat or not, I'm going to have some joy because you're living on the inside of me. Come on, everybody. Let's give God some praise up in here. Yeah. Now, what I know, what we know about fruit is that fruit can grow. So your joy can grow. So yielding to the joy, yielding to the fruit of the Spirit will change your entire life and will change your outlook. So what it's saying is, uh, uh, here's, what, here's what you're saying to yourself. I, I, I'm not going to stay angry. I'm not going to stay sad. I'm not going to stay negative. I'm not going to stay pessimistic. I'm not going to stay bitter. I've got joy living on the inside of me because God's living on the inside of me. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. God puts that in you at the new birth, meaning you give your life to Jesus. He puts something in you. You've got joy in you. What you need to do is just stir up some joy. Stir it up. Let's find out how we can get some more joy. Number two, joy comes from following the word. Can you say that? Joy comes from following the word. Here's what Jesus Christ said in John 15, 11. These things, he's talking to his disciples just like you, me, we're disciples of Jesus. Anybody that's made Jesus the Lord of their life, we're the same as it was 2,000 years ago following this God-man, Jesus Christ. He tells those guys, as he would tell you and I today, John 15, 11, these things, he says, I have spoken to you that my joy, check it out, my joy may remain in you and that your joy, come on, say it with me, may be full. Check it out. Joy comes from following the word. So, so, so maybe, maybe there's an ingredient in your life where you would say, I wish I was more joyful. And what this scripture is telling you, get more wordful. I wish I just had more some, and you might say happiness, right? I just want to have some happiness. I wish, I wish the, 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 you know, the weight would lift. I wish I'd have a different outlook. And God's saying, I wish you'd get in the word just a little bit more. Because in my presence, there is fullness of joy. So when you're in the word, you're going to be in his presence and it's going to give you a different outlook and it's going to displace some worry and some concern and all kinds of crazy stuff that happens in my and your life. And so Jesus is telling these guys again, these things, these words that I've spoken to you, <laughs> I've given to you that my joy I'm not giving you a different kind of joy. The same joy I got, I'm going to give to you. It's going to remain in you, remain in you, that your joy, your joy uh, may, may be full. So again, Jesus connects joy with hearing the word of God. The word that he was speaking, he connects joy with hearing the word of God. So, so again, I think that we're, we're living in such a time where there's depression is rampant. I mean, just, it's just rampant. Hopelessness is epidemic. It's everywhere. And it will creep in your life just, just casually at first until it envelops your entire life if you're not careful. And you'll go through life and, and this situation will be hopeless and it'll spill over into another situation. And this situation is full of despair and you could handle that, but it'll start multiplying. And Jesus says, if you will allow my word to come into your life, I'm going to give you some joy in the middle of all that dilemma. All that dilemma. I'm going to show you all the drama, all the stuff you're going through. I'm going to give you a different outlook. And when there's joy and you believe the word of God, it's going to be the seed of the word of God to start producing fruit in your life and change. Can you say amen, everybody? 
man. So God's written word is going to do the very same thing to you. If you'll get in the word of God, I guarantee you the joy meter in your life is going to go up. It's going to go up. Now, not just reading the word, checking off the box in, I read that scripture. But when you read it and go, that is me. That applies to me. I can have peace in my life. I can have joy in my life. God's saving my life. He's delivering my life. He's the Lord of my life. He's got a great future for my life. So that causes me and you to wake up every morning with expectation. Not wake up every morning critical and negative and damning other people and and, and shouting down people and, and just, you know, just being mean to people. No, man, we read it. The fruit of the spirits in you. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. So come on, before you go control anybody else, control yourself. Hey, hey. I wish some people would just be full of joy around here. Well, how about you get full of joy? Come on, you don't need to go to Disneyland. Come on, you just get full of joy. Come on, you are, you are a walking joy bomb everywhere you go. Come on. Anybody know those kind of people? Everywhere you go up, you go, I wish you'd just take it down a notch. Come on, somebody, just take it down a notch. <laughs> well, how about you tr- take it up a notch, right? Not coming down, Cass. We, we want to believe in God that all things are possible to him that believes. Amen, everybody? Come on, look on the screen. Joy keeps you focused right. Come on, say that with me. Joy keeps you focused right. Let's look at the scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says that we're to look to Jesus, looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, check it out, endured the cross, despised the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, you can't read this scripture, and listen, this is where we've been, and we we just keep coming back to. You just can't read the Bible casually and just spin right by it and keep on reading. When you read this, this one scripture is so rich in just stuff to, to, to sit down and camp for a while. I am to look unto Jesus. So when you read the Bible, you got to just stop right there and go, okay, hang on a second. There's all kind of other things that are drawing my attention to look to. The problem, the marriage, the kids, the money, the health, the past. That thing is pointing, you know, grunting around in my head. But now this scripture tells me to look unto Jesus. And then that Jesus is the author. He's the beginning and he's the end of my faith. He's the alpha and the omega. So you've already been where I've been. You already know what I know. You know how it's going to turn out. Come on, somebody. I'm just helping you how you read the Bible here. And it says this concerning him. Who for the joy that was set before him. Now, what was set before him? What was set before Jesus? What was set before who, who for the joy that was set? The cross wasn't much joy. The grave wasn't much joy. Dying, getting whipped wasn't much joy. Getting spikes in your hands and your feet and piercing in your side wasn't much joy. Having your face beaten and bruised and bloodied wasn't much joy. All the people that hung out with you when you're multiplying loaves and fish leave you wasn't much joy. Having Judas lie to you, coming up kissing on you, and then lying to you and selling you out for 30 pieces of silver wasn't much joy. What was the joy that was set before him? Can I tell you who it was and what it was? It was you. It was you. It was every man 
every woman of every nation from time and eternity past has ever lived on the planet until time and eternity whenever he comes back that would determine and to set their face towards God and say I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life Jesus the joy that he endured the power and the shame and the anguish that he endured was for you and me can somebody say praise God praise God praise God praise God so what are you focusing on what, what, what are you looking at? What, what are you looking at that's, that's draining your joy? What are you doing with your life? What, what are you, where are you going with your life? It can't be just about you. There's got to be something to keep your focus right, to keep, your, keep, keep, keep you moving in the right direction. What is it? it? For Christ, it was you and me. So it says he endured the cross. He despised all the shame. So that just simply tells me that joy will cause you to endure painful and shameful situations or circumstances. That's what it'll do. It'll just cause you to endure it. It'll just cause you just to say, I, I don't care about that. I'm going to be the dad God's called me to be. Everybody else is cheating around, uh, you're cutting corners. Everybody else. No, 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 no. I'm going to do the right thing for my family. I'm going to do the right thing before God. And I'm going to be joyful and mid up because I know that this thing that I'm doing right now is actually going to pay off in the end. Come on. I, I know that when I just when I lay down my own way and my own desires that my kids raising my kids and loving my wife or, or loving my husband and, and, and loving the kids you women would say I know it's going to pay off in the long run it might not look like it right now but my vision is on Christ my vision is on obeying God I'm going to keep my focus right come on anybody like that in the room yeah yeah how about this thought joy will keep you healthy come on joy will keep you healthy Man, where is that? You might think, what, where is that? How about this scripture? Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Uh, maybe in some of your life and in our lives, we're just, we're, we're, again, we're just so down. We're just so, we're just so negative. We're like, no, nothing can help me. No, no, there's no remedy for, there's no remedy for this up in here. I've been on web.com. And the Bible actually says here, this one scripture, a joyful heart will be like good medicine. But a crushed spirit, come on, will just make your bones brittle. Will just make you negative. Again, we'll just start working. You do realize that they have connected how you think with what actually goes on in your body. That how you think re releases chemicals that are working for you or working against you. So, so what you think about, what you allow in your life really does matter. It really does matter. So this says that a cheerful heart, a joyful heart is just good medicine. But, but a crushed spirit is just going to break your bones. It's going to dry up your bones. So, so joy, your joy, look, can determine your outer health and your inner health. It can determine what goes on the inside of you, and it can determine how you look at and how you function in life, inner health and outer health. You know, you can be whole, whole on the inside, and you can be unwhole on the outside. You can, you can drink your green juice every day. Come on, you can get your B12 shot every day, and you can be just a negative Nancy. Come on, somebody. 
But when you're in the Word of God, it's telling me that it's going to keep you healthy internally and it'll help you externally. The Word of God will. So come on, let's let the Word of God impact our life in every single area of your life. Keep intaking, intaking the Word of God. Now why does all this matter? Why, why would all this joy matter? Do you, do you think God really is a God that says, you know, hey, joy might be an ingredient you need in your life. You, you need to maybe like think about it. You need to kind of work in your life. Uh, and I would say yes, because of already what we've said. But let me give you a couple scriptures here that are going to help you to kind of seal the deal. If you're kind of wondering, well, you know, I'm just not that joyful guy. I'm just not that guy that, well, hey, how you doing? You know, something's coming out of me real easy. I got to kind of like force it. And I'm not saying fake it till you make it. But I'm saying we've already read that the fruit of the spirit, which is joy, is in you. And joy is an ingredient of God. So if God's in you, you need to stir it up. I do believe some people have more of a, a, an easiness with it than others, but I believe all of us need to be people that we can come into every situation and be full of joy and believe God no matter what it looks like. Can I get an amen right up in here? Here's why. Why it's so important. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Check the scripture out. Here's what Peter writes. He's, he was a follower of Jesus Christ. He was a fisherman with his brother Andrew, and he followed Jesus for the three and a half years. And then after Jesus was crucified, he became one of the foremost founders, if you will, and dispensers of the truth. Peter writes years later. Here's what he says. Though now you guys don't see him, don't see Jesus. I saw him, but you've never seen him. Yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, he says, the salvation of your souls. Look at the scripture. He lists, Peter says, there's three ingredients here that cause you to move from one area to the other area, the finished product of actually receiving what you really want to receive. He says, number one, though now you don't see him, you believe in him. Come on, somebody say believing, believing, believing. Then he says, there's this thing called rejoice. He says, you rejoice with joy, he says, inexpressible. What would joy inexpressible? You can't even express it. What would that look like? Joy inexpressible, he says, and full of glory. And then he says in verse 9, receiving, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Believing, rejoicing, and receiving. It's not just believing. I'm going to believe God and that's it. No, 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 no. Between my believing and my receiving the prayer that I'm praying to God, me actually seeing what I'm praying for come to pass, in the middle there's this thing that you must do. It's called rejoice. Rejoice. That is joy on steroids. Come on, somebody. That is, that is just not just happiness because of, of external circumstances. That is a joy in who God is to you that you know that when you prayed, God heard you. Anybody like that? You know when you pray, he hears you. And that the answer is coming. Come on, everybody. Might not see it yet, but the answer is coming. So he tells us there that joy is an ingredient in your ability to receive from God. It's an ingredient. So when you pray and you're believing God and you're asking God for certain situations, in the midst of it all, there's got to be joy and or rejoicing going on in your life. So that would be just you at your house by yourself. 
you in your car, you in your shower, singing to God, lifting your hands up. Come on, just, just being one of those crazy Christians because you need a crazy God to give you a crazy answer. Come on, everybody. Can I say it that way? Because you're asking God to do something that nobody can help. You know, change your life, change your family, work in a situation, whatever it is. And God says, here, I've given you the ingredient. Believe me and rejoice in me so that you can then receive from me. Come on, somebody help me up in here today. Man, so what that just says is that after you pray, you just go into a mode of rejoicing. Lord, I magnify you. I'm not just happy because you heard me or I feel that you heard me or somebody gave me a word saying, oh, you know that prayer you're praying? Woo, God heard you. I'm, I'm cool with all that. But deep inside you and me, there's joy because of who he is and what he said he wants to do for you and me. The kingdom of God is joy. Come on, it's joy. So I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be worried. I'm not going to be uptight. I'm not going to go around all day just kind of agitated with everybody. In the middle of it all, in your most trying times, you can still be a person of joy. Come on, everybody. That might not be your church experience, but that's the church experience around Spectrum. Come on, everybody. Because we got people believing God. We got people believing God. And it doesn't look like it doesn't look like anything's happened. But in the middle of it all, you never know. They're full of joy, full of faith, full of rejoicing because they're trusting God. I believe and I am going to receive. Can you say amen up in here? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the moment you pray is the moment when you believe and then you keep rejoicing regardless of what it looks like. This is what faith is. This is what causes you to have a saved soul. Believing, rejoicing, <laughs> and receiving the end of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul. My mind, will, emotions, and intellect are engaged and I'm not going crazy I'm not running around frustrated again worried and just pointing out other people's negative things and why is God asking answering their prayer and he's not answering my prayer no 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 no, no. I'm gonna have full of joy and rejoicing because of who Jesus Christ is in the middle of all my pain amen everybody amen 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 I love what somebody said while you're rejoicing here wherever here is to you God's working there. When you're rejoicing here, God's working there. One more time. Come on. While you're rejoicing here, God, God's working over there. Can you say amen? So, so, so that's something that you do. That's something that we do. We all do. Because how many know life will just throw you some curveballs every now and again? Didn't ask for them. Don't know where they came from. Just hit you. Try to take you off, off course like, like a T-bone, T-bone you at an intersection. In the middle of it all, you've got to be a man and a woman who just says, in the middle of this situation right now, I choose joy. Come on, I choose joy. I choose, jo I choose joy. I choose to be a person full of joy that I believe God. I'm going to just keep rejoicing, and I'm going to receive this situation change. I believe God's heard me, and he's working for me right now. Might not look any different. Might not feel any different because it doesn't, and it sure ain't happiness because I ain't happy right now. Come on, somebody. I ain't happy about that right now, but I choose to be a person full of joy. Amen? Amen. 
me tell you why, why this is so important. There's a guy in the Old Testament named Habakkuk. Come on, anybody ever read a guy named Habakkuk? Come on, there's no, no kids being born called Habakkuk anymore. So, so maybe, may, maybe if you're going to have a son, just name him Little Hab. Come on, Little Hab. I think I, I, think I like that. Check this, guys. Check, check out what he says here in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. He says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Come on, somebody. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Come on, somebody. That was a pretty weak amen up in here. Listen to me. Come on, man. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like everything's going wrong. Everything's going wrong. It's just like nothing's going right. Every, listen, everything's going wrong. Everything's going wrong. So Habakkuk says this. He says the trees are empty. Here's what he says. He says the trees are empty. He says the fields are empty. He says the barns are empty. He says the herd is empty. But he says, I'm not empty. I'm not empty. I'm not empty. I got God on inside of me. I've got, I've got the ability to rejoice in the Lord in the middle of it all. I've got the ability to change what looks like it's unchanging. I've got the ability to control my own environment. I can't control that, but I can tr control me. And if I can control me, I can allow God to work through me, change my mind, change my will, change my emotions, change what I'm my, my focusing on, and see God work in the middle of my situation. Anybody ever getting up and kind of going, don't look like nothing's going right right about now. And in the middle of all that, you have to choose to rejoice and joy in the God of your salvation. You choose joy. Come on, somebody. You choose joy. Joy is an act of your will. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So, so what's that look like? We, we, we read it a moment ago. Peter says it's joy inexpressible and full of glory. Sometimes it's just inside you're just, just bubbling up. So sometimes it's just like, man, you just got to lift your hands. Come on, somebody. Come on, you got to lift your hands. Sometimes you just uh, don't want to freak you out. Sometimes you just got to bounce around your house a little bit. Come on, house bounce ain't just for the kids. House bounce is for adults. Yeah, bouncy house for adults. You just got to go praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, come on. Ladies, kick off your high heels every now and again. Make the devil nervous. Come on. You just got to like raise, put on some praise and worship music and just kind of raise your hands in the air and praise them like they just don't care. Hey. Hey. Ho. Hey. Come on, that's what you've got to do. You're controlling your environment. I told you, I've told the story many, many times. I'm thinking about it one more time this morning. Uh, Isaac, come on up here, help me, brother. Would you do that? Uh, uh, years ago, my mom and dad, uh, we, I grew up in Northeast Tennessee. My dad bought my mom this little Honda Jetta. And this is back in the day when they didn't have the moonroof thing. You had to, had to roll it. You, you, know, you, had, to, you had to roll the moonroof back. Come on, anybody remember those days? There were no buttons. Come on, this was your button right here. Come on, anybody remember power steering? Power steering, it was right here. Come on, somebody. That was power steering. <laughs> And so my mom would roll that thing back, and she put the cassette in. She got a cassette player, and this is back in the day when they had Hosanna music. Come on. Anybody remember Hosanna music? 
Come on, somebody, uh, anybody over f- almost 60. Come on, yeah, here we go. Okay, here we go. Hosanna. It was okay music, but it was on that cassette. And my mama put that thing. And I remember one time, I wasn't even serving the Lord. This was, the town was only about maybe 35, 40,000 people. So you'd see people that you knew. And I, I was down doing something, came from university. And I saw my mom driving downtown, uh, you know, small town. And she had the moonroof open or whatever like that. And she must have had her music playing loud because my mom was going down the road with her left hand on the steering wheel, but her right hand up here on the moonroof going like this. <laughs> and come on, listen, my mom wasn't a dancer. My mom, but my mom was just, oh, help me, Jesus. Oh, listen, you know why? I can't tell you why. Because she had three sons who weren't serving the Lord. And can I tell you, she was controlling her environment everywhere she went. Lord, save them. I'm rejoicing now. I'm believing God up in here. Come on, so I don't, I don't know what you got to do, but come on, you've got something in your ability to receive from God and allow joy to stir up in you and so you don't go crazy. Come on, everybody, you don't go crazy. I'm trying to keep you off Prozac. I'm trying to keep you off all that stuff, and if you're on it, listen, we're for you, but I'm telling you, joy will help you. Come on, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Come on, let the fruit work in you. Let it multiply in you. Come on, everybody. Man, here's what James says. We're going to come back to this scripture in in a couple weeks. We're going to do a series on the book of James coming up this summer. So so stay tuned. Come back to that. It'll be a long time because there's lots of good stuff in James. But just a tidbit here. James says this. You know it. My brothers, count it. What? All joy. When you fall. Listen, count it all joy. When you fall, who, who counts that joy? Who counts that joy? Who, who counts that joy? Who counts that joy? Ain't nobody count that joy. Who tripped me? Who lost my job? Who, who gave me, who, who, what happened to these crazy kids? What happened to that? How come I got cancer? How come that happened to me? Nobody counts that joy. But James says, you want a way out? You want a way out? You want a way out? Do you want a way out? You need to take that and count that joy. I didn't ask for this crazy husband that went crazy right now, but I choose to count it all joy. So I'm going to rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory while he's out doing his thing. I'm going to be doing my thing. I'm going to be doing my thing in the presence of the Lord. Come on, everybody. Yeah. Count it all joy. Come on, count it all joy. It's an accounting term in the Bible. You you take it from that side of the ledger and you put it over here on this side of the ledger. It looks like a loss, but I'm getting ready to make this thing a plus. Come on, everybody. I'm going to count it all joy. When you fall, falling ain't fun. It ain't never fun. But he says, count it all joy. So I'm encouraging you. Turn your joy level up. Turn it up. Paul writes to the church at Philippians, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, come on, help me. I say rejoice. Come on, help me. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, come on, help me, church. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Come on, rejoice in the Lord. When the herd ain't herding. When the trees aren't fruiting, when the flock ain't flocking, when the barn ain't barning, whatever all that means, right? You get it, when it's all empty, 
when it's all empty. Yet I choose. I'm going to count it joy. I'm going to count it joy. Come on, somebody. I'm going to count it joy. So, so, so maybe, 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 maybe you're just a little too quiet. You got it going on at the club. And you're singing and you're, and, 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 and we dance at the weddings. We dance at the funerals. Some of y'all dance at the funerals. Uh, but when it comes to church, but in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Man. Real quick, let me give you this last thought. Why, why does this matter? Man, Jesus sent out 35 teams of guys, two by two, 70 brothers. 35 teams, two by two. He said, you, you guys go in all the cities I'm getting ready to go to and, and, and preach to them, heal them, show the power of God, demonstrate God the Father's love to everybody. The brothers came back, the 70. They said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Man, 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 you should have seen, you should have seen Jesus. You should have seen the power display that us, that these brothers did. You know what Jesus says? Luke chapter 10, verse 20. He says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Listen to me. Whatever has gone on in your life or not gone on in your life, the minute you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, everything changes. Everything changes. Focus changes. Listen, your eternal future changes. His ability to work in your life changes. So no matter where you're at in your journey, let me tell you, it's not over. It's just not over. But what's amazing with our life is that we're real cause and effect people. We're real success-driven instead of really significance-driven. We really want to see results and think of successes, but it's really temporal, and significance is really eternal. So I just encourage you this morning, as you scroll through Instagram and Facebook and you look like your life, honestly, listen, personal, you look at your life as I'm scrolling through Facebook and going, my life sucks. Look at what everybody else is doing. But you don't know that picture has been photoshopped 17,000 times. And that's their best day of their life. And not everybody has a best day of their life. But here's what I'm telling you. If you've stirred up something and will put something inside your life on a daily basis and stir it up, that the kingdom of God isn't eating and drinking, a bunch of Old Testament rules, but it's righteousness, peace, and it's joy in the Holy Spirit. My name is written in heaven. I am eternally saved. My life will be eternally changed. Can you say amen, everybody? Come on, lift your hands, magnify him. Would you do it? Yeah, Father, we just praise you today. Real joy is found in a real relationship with a real Savior, and his name is Jesus. So we thank you, O oh God, today for every heart, every life that you decide and you want to change today. I pray for every heart away from you, every life away from you, the coming home to your love and your concern and your care. Oh God, bring change in all of our lives. 
I thank you that joy won't be on the back burner. Well, it'll be on the front burner of all of our lives. That fruit of the Spirit, joy. We're going to read your word more, oh God. It's going to give us joy. It's going to cause our joy to be full. It's going to remain in us. The joy set before you, you endured the cross, despised the shame. And Lord God, I ask for every person going through tough situations right now, that the joy would be on the who, who they're becoming through it. And what you're going to do is you hear every prayer, oh God. I pray, oh God, that joy is a good medicine. And so we're going to take our medicine. We're going to be men and women, teenagers, young adults, full of joy. Full of joy. And our Father God, we're going to believe you. We're going to rejoice and we're going to receive from you. Thank you for this fruit of the Spirit. Joy. Come on, your hands down, your eyes closed for a couple seconds here in closing. If you're here today, we always give everyone the right and the desire to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. We're excited that you came here with us today, been with us all service. We trust that whether this is your first.